Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you for the privilege we have to share your word. It's always a blessing to hear from the scriptures. And we trust you that will teach us. Help us to hear you. Help us to humble ourselves. We just give ourselves to you. Help us to humble ourselves and be teachable. In Jesus' name we pray. We started uh, on Friday night the theme for the year is salvation. See it, live it, and tell it. So it will be easy for us to see our focus for this year. In Luke chapter 2, verse 30. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. In New Living Translation, it says, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. So Friday night, we were trying to focus us on salvation, because as we, the days go by, the coming of the Lord draws near. And then we need to really make sure that we do not forget the, the things, the main thing, the key thing. And we say that those, that night was to us a Passover celebration night. Because we passed over 22, 21 to 22. But let's not forget that the years, natural years, will come to an end. But there are other things, more important Passover for us, which we also remember along with that that will pass from death to life. We'll have eternal life. It's not just 20, 21, 22. It's eternal what? Life. That will pass from shame to glory. We pass from slavery to freedom. We pass from sickness to health. So it's a celebration of the more important Passover in our lives, including the year 21 to 22. So we talked about uh, salvation, and we're going to continue to discuss that. And we say that everything about you as a Christian derives from your salvation. Everything. Everything about you as a Christian comes directly from your salvation. And it's through your salvation that you are changed. Nobody was changed because he wants to be good. It's through this salvation that we had a new life. That the real deliverance is to deliver us from our nature. You can't behave yourself to that. It's to deliver us from our nature, sinful nature. That God needed to create a new man to do that. And because of this new nature now, we are now enabled to live the life that God wants to live. So it's everything about us in Christianity until Jesus comes or we go see him, derives from this salvation. Galatians 
As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. May I never boast of anything. May I never boast of anything. Never. Anything at all. May I never boast of my goodness and how good I am, how long I pray, how the nights I keep up. No, I don't boast in those things. Or our church, the building. No, don't boast in those things. We don't boast in any of them. God said, he said, man should not boast in anything except that he knows me. May I never boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And why? Because of that cross, my interest in the world has been crucified. It's because of what he did that gave me a new life that's not of the world. My interest in the world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died because of the cross. Verse 15. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been what? Come on, I want to hear you. What? Transformed into this new creation. That's what counts. Are you born again? Are you born again? If you are born again, are you living it? Say that's what mount counts. Everything else, like we said, is as a result of that. Look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 9. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. Well, Paul is talking about people who backslid, you know, who are not serious about their faith or something like that. He said it doesn't apply to you. He said we don't believe it applies to you. We are confident. Paul, what is your confidence? We are confident that you are meant for better things. What gives you this confidence, Paul? Things that come with salvation. Better things come with salvation. That's why Paul said, I can't boast in anything else except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Things that come with salvation. And in verse 10, he said, for God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him. See, he began to illustrate the things that come with salvation. You work for him and how you have shown your love to him. The Bible said before, we are enemies in our hearts. Now we love God, shown our love for him by caring for other believers as you still Things that come from salvation. So it is very important that we know practically Jesus, who is our salvation. Otherwise, we place salvation in something else. There's temptation, very strong temptation to forget it. Along the line, you think your salvation is your church or your prayer or your this or your that. And you really begin to believe that. You really begin to believe that. It's easy to slip away from this. Paul said, I once thought that religion was important. And religion is what people run to because it looks like it. Religion makes race sense. Salvation may not make sense. Because you have play no role in it. Salvation is what God did for you from beginning to the end. Play no role in it. 
Religion is what you do. Salvation is what God did. So, you know, we, we, religion makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because you look at yourself and say, oh, man, I'm doing this, <laughs> that. You know, the man that went to the temple to pray, he presented God his religious credentials. He said, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. And Jesus said, God didn't look at it. Because those things he's doing, none of it is a salvation. None of it. And we can very easily slip into that kind of mindset. Very, very easily. Especially in these last days where there are a lot of things. Group with this group does this. Group, this group does that. This, this group does that. New groups are coming every Pretty soon we think a man is our salvation. We think a human being is our salvation. It's very easy. You know, sharing the glory of God is so tempting. That's why God won't do anything with a lot of people and a lot of churches because they will take the glory very quickly. Very, the pastor will take the glory very quickly. So it's anointed. <laughs> and Jesus is by the side. So, Paul said, I had that mindset. I thought that I was my salvation. I thought my hands had done these things for me. And I was so zealous doing it because I believed that that was my salvation. That was what brought me acceptance to God. And so Philippians 3, 7, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless. What is, what's he talking about? The laws of Moses. He said I obeyed it without fear because I thought that what, that was what gave me access to God. That was what brought me divine blessings. He said, I was taught that way. And in the present Christian mindset, a lot of people are stuck to it. I used to, be, I used to get stuck to that kind of thing. I used to. And he, all he gave me was headache. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless. Why? Because those things will give you new life. Your state stuck with your own nature. He won't give you new life. And if that nature is not changed, you're not going to heaven. Jesus said, if set the man is what? Born again, he's not seeing God. You can't carry that old nature and see God. Because it's a spiritual nature. So Paul thought by doing that, that he was impressing God. But God says, no. By nature, you are a child of disobedience. You can't impress me with that. You know, God knew human nature and still gave man law. Because the same God told us that we were by nature evil and that we're obeying the, the spirit that works in children of disobedience. But they still gave us ten commandments. And the reason he gave it to us is to prove to us that we're evil. He said, because if I didn't give you any law, you come to me and say, what law did I break? So God said, okay, this is the laws of God. Keep them. So Paul said, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them what? I want to hear you. What is? Why? There's something else because of what Christ has done. Verse 8. Yes, everything else is worthless. Everything else. Remember, he said, 
I can't boast in anything except the cross. Everything else is worthless. Everything. None of them could save a man from his sin, from the devil, from his sin, from his nature. Nothing. None of them could make a man holy except the blood. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake now, I have discarded what? Everything else. You need to discard everything else. The worthless. Don't bring you to God, give you acceptance to God. They, they won't make you holy. I've said it here. If you don't know what holiness means, you think you can make yourself holy. Paul said, if, if righteousness come by the law, he said, Jesus died what? In vain. He said, waste of time now. Why did he come? If you can be righteous on your own, why did Jesus, why did God have to sacrifice his son? And then, you know, in order to get this, we must have, we must be teachable and humble. Because I, I was really very resistant to the gospel. Standing here, I was a man very, very resistant. Jesus appeared to me. I saw him. He commissioned me to preach this gospel himself. And yet, I didn't understand him. I didn't, I didn't understand him. He, he, I, when he appeared to me, I was quoting scriptures for prosperity. I would quote this one, and each time I quote the scripture, he would just smile. I said, Lord, this is what you said. Lord, this is what you said. Because I read the Bible. I was quoting it for him. Oh, because my mind was focused on prosperity. Quoting, when I got tired, he just allowed me to finish. When I got tired, he just asked me one question. Are you now ready to preach the gospel? I said, yes, Lord. He said, I will show you where I disappeared. Many years after, I still didn't understand it until I came here. In that room, my office there, I told God, I said, I'm not doing this work again. I said, I'm a pharmacist, I'm done. I said, this thing is not working. <laughs> he said to me, you're not preaching, my son. You're not preaching, my son. I commissioned you to preach the gospel. You don't even know my son. So we have to have that mindset to, be, to allow God to teach us and give us understanding in what is important. Apollos is our example here. Acts chapter 18, 24. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well. He knew the scriptures how? Well. And had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. 25. He had been taught the way of the Lord and he taught others about who? Jesus. I was preaching Jesus. <laughs> Are you kidding me? What else would I, was I preaching? He was talking about, about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. However, he knew only about John's what? Baptist. He was limited in his knowledge. Verse 26, so when Priscilla and Aquila heard, about, heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him aside 
and explain the word of God even more accurately. More what? Accurately. More accurately. Let, let me give you a story about me that will illustrate this. A man walked into our church when we were at 117. He introduced himself. He says, assistant pastor in a church. And I welcomed him. He said, but the Lord, he said, the Lord spoke to me to sit under you for six months. I said, you're not coming. I said, I'm not, I'm not a sheep stealer. You're not coming here. If the Lord spoke to you, let him speak to your pastor. Your pastor has to authorize you to come here. If he doesn't authorize you, you're not coming here. So he spoke to his pastor. Long story short, he came and stayed six months. So at the end of the six months, he came to my office and gave me a wristwatch. This wristwatch, the case, so beautiful. So I kept it. And it was there for a long time. Now, I knew it as wristwatch, right? Until huh? yeah. Chris Lauret came in one day. He said, Pastor, who gave you this? I told him. So he brought it up. And he said to me, he said, Pastor, can I have this? I said, no, it's a gift. I didn't know he was pulling my legs. He said, do you know this wristwatch? I said, yeah, it's this wristwatch. Now, it's so beautiful. Apollos knew, knew wristwatch. Then Chris Lauret began to open my eyes to what that wristwatch was. He said, use it magnetic field. So many things was telling me. It changes time automatically. It does this. So many things he was doing. And then I said, whoa. So this is what this man gave me sitting here. And I went to recite the cost. The cost is incredible. When I saw the cost of that thing, a lot of money. I said, what? So this is what I've had here. I took a quick clip. <laughs> Apollos preached Jesus. But they taught him the word of the Lord. What? More accurate. I had to a wristwatch. But Chris Lauret taught me about that more accurately. And immediately the value of that improved went up. You say, I talk about Jesus, Pastor, I talk about salvation. You need to know it more accurately. The value will what? Will go up. So you see the kind of heart Apollos had. I could say to Chris Laurie, don't teach me about it. I know about this. It's very fortunate. It's been here a long time. And I will miss out on the best value of that thing. You know, there are people who, in the time of Jesus, didn't even want to know about salvation or anything. But they were believers too. In John chapter 2, verse 23. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name. When they saw the miracles which he did, they believed. The Holy Spirit said they believed in his name. But look at the next verse. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them. He did it. <laughs> he did it. They believed in his name. They saw miracles. Miracle checks just as everywhere. While Christians were giving their lives, they say, yeah, that's true. But Jesus did not commit himself to them. Why? Because he knew all men. 
He knows those who want to know him, who are seeking him, and those who are there for miracles, who are for name, popularity, title, whatever. He knows why we are there. He knows. He understands. Nobody's telling him anything. He did not commit himself unto them. He said, since you believe in me, bro, come and be a deacon. He was watching them. He didn't commit himself to them. He said, I know every heart. I know why you're here. I know what is important to you. I know what you're seeking. I know you can dress up as you like, but I know you. Verse 25, I needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Yeah, they believed in him. We sing and we love him. Oh, yeah, we, we do. I see the result of this not desiring the, the thing that matters. I'm, I'm following th- th- things that I deliver. Romans 10 3. For they don't understand God's way of making them right with Himself. They didn't understand the way of salvation. Refusing to accept God's way, they refused to accept the way of grace. They refused. They cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. Leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. I want to be holy. God, God said, you're joking. All your, all your righteousness is what? Fitting. Some people, they, the Bible said they cling to it. They refuse to accept salvation. That is offered. For. He came to his own and his own did not accept it. The result was Matthew 15, 8. These people draw nigh unto me with their mouth and honored me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They won't accept me. They won't believe. They won't trust what I did. And the Holy Spirit gave the church a warning. You remember this? The, the Bible was written to the church, really. Not to hiddens. All the letters written Written to the church. Not to heathens. God couldn't be writing to the heathens because the natural man does not understand the things of God. So Hebrew chapter 2 was warning the church about rejecting the salvation that God has given them. Serious warning. Hebrew 2, 3. How shall we escape if we neglect such great what? It's writing to believers. If we neglect such great salvation, if we neglect it, it didn't say we didn't talk about it and say I'm born again, but do you neglect it? If we neglect this great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that had him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. That's why we don't want to neglect it as we see the day drawing close. 
lest we join those that Bible says he didn't give himself to them. He said, how can we neglect it? How else do we escape if we neglect it? And like I said, it's easy to. It's easy to. And the devil, the devil is interested in this thing. Very, very, very much invested in it. Because he knows that that's the main deal. So he's totally invested in it. He doesn't want people to know it. He wants to confuse Christians about it. He's, he's invested totally in it. In 2 Corinthians 4.3, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this world has, what? Blinded. Why? Who do not believe? Why? Let the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in them. The devil is so invested in this. He blinding people. He's giving people religion. You know what he did to Samson? Took out his eyes and put him on a... That, the Lord told me, he said, a, a Christian without revelation is like Samson. So the devil put him on treadmill. He won't sleep. He won't do this. He's suffering himself, polishing himself. Instead of entering the rest, Jesus said, come unto me, all you that are what? What did he promise us? They don't have rest. They don't sleep in the night. They don't eat. They don't, all of them, what are you doing? The Lord. <laughs> the Lord. Who gave you that? Jesus said, give me the body. And I'll give you what? Rest. And the Bible says, if you believe me, you enter your rest. Season your labor. No. One more level. 40 days try. More level. They wake up one day. More level. More level. Why are you laboring? Oh, to please the Lord. It's a lie. The Lord said, without faith, you can't please me. If you don't trust what I've done for you, you can't please me. If you said, neglect the salvation, how do you escape? Paul said, Paul said, I do not set aside the grace of God. I can't. Level. More level. More level. Jesus said, this woman is a, is a child of Abraham, and the devil has put a burden on her, and she's bent. That's, that's, that's what this is reflecting. He said, ought, ought this woman not to be free from this burden? His body. He said, my, body, my yoke is what? He said, I didn't give you all this kind of stuff. Because in my salvation, I took over your body, took over what you couldn't do, and gave you rest. If you agree, shout hallelujah. Yeah, I gave you rest. I didn't give you body. Because what would your body achieve when you? In Acts 13, 26, it says, Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feared God, to you is this word of this salvation still sent. It is still being sent. And we do well to listen to it. Second Peter 1, 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Why don't you do well that you take heed 
as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day down and the day star arise in your heart. Look up here, let me tell you something. If you want to get rid of demons, if you really want to get rid of demons, study scriptures. I'm not kidding. Stop all this wasting your time. Go here, I'm going. Study scriptures at the feet of Jesus. Revelation will deal with Satan in your life. The moment you know the truth, the truth will what? If you get revelation, the devil is gone. What light shines in darkness? Darkness what? Okay, if, if you turn off all this light, we're dark here. The moment you shine this light, you don't beg darkness to disappear. Naturally, it what? If you get revelation, if you are sick, if you ever get re- one word of revelation, that sickness good. People have had tremendous ministry out of one revelation. Out of one. When bubonic plague was killing a lot of people, it was a, 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 an American pastor in South Africa. He went to the Lord. He said, Lord, are we all going to die? Because he was burying his members in droves. You know, bubonic killed more people than, I don't know the name, the latest name for this one, Omicron. <laughs> Omicron. Of funny names. The devil is very wicked. This man went to the Lord. He said, Lord, are we all going to die? What is this? Are you the one bringing it? The Lord said, it's a plague. It's not for me, Satan. And God gave him revelation. One single revelation that Jesus carried all your sicknesses and bore what? That man taught it from his pulpit. Nobody died again in that church. Nobody did. British government sent people. This real story, you can research it. Sent people to go and find out what he was doing. When they came, he told them to put the, the saliva, because the thing is in saliva. Put it in my hand. He said, this touches my hand, it will die. He said, because the spirit, the, the, the spirit, the law of the spirit of life has set me from, from what? This, the law of sin. That was what God taught him. He said, I've saved you people from this thing that sin brings. Shouldn't affect you. Simple revelation. They put it on his finger. Here, put it on the microscope. They were dead. Google if I'm telling a lie. Has anybody read it here? Yeah? I'm, I'm telling the truth. Read story. Simple revelation of Christ and salvation. Simple. Faith came. And the man stood up and declared that God, that the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had delivered us from the spirit of sin and that was it. They went about laying hands on people, getting them here. That was what attracted the attention of government. That was what attracted, far away Britain, the news went there. One single revelation the devil is done. Did you know that when Jesus confronted the devil, that the Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness to be tempted of the spirit of the devil? Was to show us the difference when you walk in the power of the spirit and when you walk in the flesh. It's the same wilderness that Israel went to. And they walked there how long? 40 years. Jesus was there how many days? 40 days. The same temptation. Not different. Hunger. They murmured. 
Jesus didn't eat for how long? 40 days. The strongest human desire. He said to the devil, man does not live by what? It is revelation of God that keeps me alive. He said, I have meat you don't know of is to follow his word. All the temptations, the Bible said, God said, you tempted me in the wilderness. And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord. All those things, he overcame them. With what? It is written. This is what God said. This is what God said. This is what God said. Simple word. Simple revelation. Simple truth. The light will shine. Boom. Boom. If you want to get rid of demons, I am telling you, study scriptures to know Christ. The Holy Spirit will flood you with revelation. You will see things from divine perspective, not from the natural perspective. Let me tell you something. Natural truth is truth. That's truth. But spiritual truth is superimposed on that. Natural truth is I'm a human being. Spiritual truth is I'm born again. I'm a sweet being. Natural truth, oh, I have pain here. Spiritual truth is I'm healed. Natural truth should not guide you. You should be guided by the spiritual truth. Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are what? You are not talking to me. They are what? Who is your pastor? Me? The words I speak to you, they are what? It's not natural word. God doesn't speak by men. God tells you the things you don't see and they're real. In the spirit world, there's no sickness here. And that's the truth about you. In the natural world, your body can have pain. But you can insist on the spiritual truth. And that will superimpose on the natural. For the things that are seen are made by the things. You take the word that is true, that revelation, and superimpose it on this one, and word of change takes place. That's how we should live our lives. Praise the Lord. If you are following me, shout Hallelujah. So Peter said, we do well to receive revelation of this word of God. Christ, the word of God. The revelation calls him the word of God. Christ, the word of God. It's, it's to be regretted that the devil had confused the church. We have left Christ and gone into ritualism. Rituals. Who do you have to deal with? Them? Say that's a miracle there. Who cares about miracle? You want to see miracle? Do you know that Muslims do deliverance in Lagos? Oh, they've started and they meet on Sundays. And guess who we go? Christians. And they say, it's power. God gives power. <laughs> God is power. Foolish, ignorant people. Every power is not of God. There are demonic what? Powers. And they do miracles. Read the book of First Thessalonians. He said that demon will come and it will do wonders. And there are people who don't love the truth. God will let them to be deceived by it. Follow miracles, you are finished. I'm telling you. There's no scripture that says follow miracles. Follow, follow. I will follow Jesus. 
everywhere. I will follow him. Follow, follow. I will follow Jesus. Anywhere he leads me, I will follow. So why are you following miracle? You are for you, you yourself, you are for science and what? The reading you are following. A miracle is happening. I book my name there. It's because you are ignorant. You are completely what? Ignorant. You are a baby Christian. Chasing miracle when miracle is in your life. The power of God is in you. God lives in you. The anointing is in you. The word of God is yours. The covenant is yours. What miracle are you looking for? What you are, what you are looking for is with you. You can speak, it happens. You can rebuke the devil. You can lay hands on the sick. You can, what, what miracle are you living for? You got salvation. God gave you all the blessing of heaven, including Christ in you, the hope of glory. What miracle are you chasing? What power is behind that? You don't know. Tomorrow, you get this miracle and one year down the lane, things will get confused in your life. Worst things will start happening. Oh, you haven't seen it happen? I've seen it happen. Because they will come to my office when I was in Lagos. Miracle does not authenticate truth all the time. If you want to know the truth, search what? Scriptures. That's it. Don't get bamboozled by all this kind of stuff. Stop all that kind of stuff. When, when we got our baby, got our baby, Lord, you took me out of this. When you got our baby, when you had difficulty, and our pastor then prayed for us, we had our baby. The Lord said to us, you get the rest yourself now. Ask her. You now get the rest what? Yourself. Because you can get it. You got it when you got saved. You didn't know anything. Now, you are going to learn to what? Get it yourself. And then we, start, we started to pray. She was praying more than me. Because she's the one that will go to the village. They say, are you still like that? So she was the one. <laughs> and the Lord opened her eyes to see what was happening in the sweet world. Where, what was holding those children. She saw it. I rebuked that thing. The, 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 and stopped. It stopped. So said, you get it again. I said, we continued. If you see the eight difference between Onyeka and Dugo, that was the time we were growing spiritually. And finally, we go to cooking. God said, nobody will give it to you anymore. You go what? Get it yourself. Because I'm no respecter of a person. You can do it. And you can do it. Tell your neighbor you can do it. Huh? You, you, come on, tell him what I said. You can do it. Now, if you can do it, why are you chasing miracles? They should come to you. Tell them, they say, bro, there's miracle here. No, no, tell them, come to, to me. I am for signs and wonders too. Jesus, listen to me. Why should I? No, no. You know, the scripture says in the last day, they will tell you, come to here. The Savior is there. Come to there. The Savior is what? There. He said, don't what? Yes. Lord, you know, I, I, this was not just, you took me there. Praise the Lord. Am I still your pastor? I'm not resigning in When Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Peter said, you do well to listen. 
you do well. Give heed to it. Until it pierces, until it gets in, until you get the revelation. You do well to listen. Focus on it. He said, Second Peter 1.19, we have also a much sure word of prophecy. You got it. We have it. Well, until you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. You don't get it because you read it once. You don't get it because you, you talked about salvation once. You continue to focus. You continue to study. You continue to seek Christ. And then the revelation will one day penetrate your spirit. Until it penetrates, you only know him mentally, like I knew that watch. It's watching, huh? So I knew what. But the things about that watch, I didn't know. Penetrates. He said, until the dead down and the dead light arises in your heart. You know the reason he was writing this? Because there were Christians who didn't know nothing. He said they had forgotten they were saved. They forgot. Let me read it to you. Second Peter 1 5. And besides this, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, and temperance patience, to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and are bound, they make you that you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, I have forgotten that he was what? Poured from his own sins. He has forgotten his salvation. That's why he can't produce the fruit of that salvation. That's why he can't produce the good things that come from that salvation. He has forgotten. The Bible says, how can you escape if you neglect this great salvation? They forgot it. And Peter said, no, you do well to go back and, and focus on this thing. So a few minutes that I have, let's try and define salvation really like we did the last time. Number one, we say there's something that saves someone or somebody that saves you from danger. If somebody saves you, that man was your savior because he, he was the one that saved you. Now, in Luke chapter 2, verse 30, which we read, Jesus is called the savior. I have seen your salvation. He's the one that saved us. Salvation, somebody that saves you. Something that saves you. Jesus is the one, no other. No salvation in any other except in Christ. None. And that should sink into us. That should sink into us. Number two, we say it is the act of saving someone from sin or evil. Is the act of saving. Somebody that saves you. Christ is the one that saves us. Is the Christ, the Bible says, I've seen the salvation of God. He is the salvation. He's the one that saves us. No other person. No other person. No other person. That's why salvation is not of works. It's Christ. The, the act of saving someone from sin or evil. Ephesians 2:8. For by grace are you what? Saved. Through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works. Because your works can't save you. We never save you. Can't keep you safe. 
not of works, lest any man should now boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in. That the reason for this new creation is that God gives us this life so we can now do the good works. Without this new creation, we can't do the good works. So the act of saving us is by grace. It's what God did. It's what Jesus did, which we don't merit. See, that man gave me that resource, grace. I didn't, I didn't ask for it. I didn't, I didn't discuss anything. But he decided to give it to me as an act of love. And believe you, if you know the cost of that resource, huh, that resource will, so many years in Nigeria, will help you buy a Volkswagen. Yeah, when they used to buy Volkswagen, 1,500 pounds. But careful, you remember, no? Volkswagen, 1,500 pounds. Toyota, Corona, used to be 1,000 something. Naira, sorry. Toyota, Corona. They're looking at me, is that true? Yeah. But you know what I've said. There was a time you can feed a family with 15 naira, the whole month. So you can imagine the value of what this man gave me. And the thing is, sitting there, I didn't even know the value. I didn't know the what. That is what, no, no charging, no electricity. No, I don't know how Chris explained it to me. He uses magnetic something, magnetic, whatever, magnetic. <laughs> and I was only interested in the package. Very beautiful, so beautified my office. <laughs> God said, my people are destroyed for what? What I had, I didn't know the value. You know, we don't know the value of our salvation. It is the act of saving someone. The act itself of saving one. And the Bible says it is the act of grace. It's not you. If you're in a carriage, you can't save yourself. Somebody has to come and put up this and bring you up. The act of saving us. In Titus 3.5, it says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Was it grace? Unmerited. He saved us. By washing of regeneration and renewing of, of the Holy Ghost. If you, can you put that in New Living Translation if you have that? New Living Translation. Yeah. She, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done. Can that sink into us? But because of his mercy, he washed away our what? Since giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.5 God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. He decided this in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and he gave him great pleasure so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. Nothing could have purchased your freedom or mine. He did it with the blood. The Bible says he gave him great pleasure to do this. And it's an act of mercy and grace. Verse 8, he, he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Can the church say a big amen there? Yeah. 
So you see, this act of saving us is what God did for us. It's what God did for us. And there's a prophecy about it in Luke 168. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. God, God, God did it all. He has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. 71. Now we will be saved from all our what? Enemies and from all who hate us. Because he sent a mighty savior. Seventy-two. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant. Seventy-three. The covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. Abraham. You know why God is God of Abraham? Let me tell you. Abraham. Listen to me. Was the one that gave God the gift that made Christ come. When Abraham, when God said, "Give me your only what? Come on." Give me your what? Abraham sold his son. And when he did that, the Spirit of God spoke to Abraham, said, God will now do what? God will provide. And who did God provide? His only son. Who first gave his only son? Abraham. Abraham sold and we read. So God gave his son. Because he said, Abraham, give me your only son who you love. Abraham gave it. And God says, in you now will all the seeds of the earth be what? Blessed. And that's why God said, I am now forever the God of Abraham, Isaac. And what? Because he, he, he cooperated with me. In sowing his seed, sowing his son, sowed, God gave us. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. And God said, because of this thing you did in blessing, and not just you, now in you shall all the what? And then he said in thy seed. Who was the seed? Christ. He said, you gave me your only begotten son, I'll give the world my own son. Abraham sowed his son, and God gave us his son. And God said, because of this gift, in you and that seed, shall all the what? Nations of the earth be 
blessed. Why did I even go there? Thank you, Lord. So, we see that the prophecy that came is about Jesus Christ, that he showed us mercy, showed us mercy, great mercy, in sending Jesus Christ to be our Savior and to save us. And then we see what he said after now. The third meaning of salvation is that the state of being saved from sin or evil, the state of continuous preservation. It's not just that you are saved. It's not that, that you have been saved. It's that you continue to be kept saved. Continue to be kept saved. Jude 1. Jude 1. The servant of Jesus Christ. The servant of Jesus Christ. The brother of James. To them that are sanctified by God. The Father and preserved. Where? And What? Preserved. What is to be preserved? Is to be kept from, from harm, kept from petrification, kept from destruction. That we are not only saved, but we are immersed in Christ and preserved in Him. So that our salvation is not just that we were saved, it's not that, that Christ saved us, it's also that Christ is preserving us. That's why you need the grace, you need the gospel, you need it until you see Christ face to face. Because that's what saves you, that's what preserves you until you see Christ what? Face to face. That's why the Bible says if you neglect this salvation, how will you escape? You can't, we're not going to escape because the devil, the world, sin and flesh is still after you. Still after you. We are preserved in him. Can I hear Amen. Listen to this scripture. John 15, 5. No, no, let, let's read First Peter 1, 1. He said, I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the province of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God, the Father, knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit had made you holy. His spirit has made you what? Holy. Remember we said that he washed us and purified us and changed us and gave us a new nature. That's what he said. The spirit has made you what? Holy. I said, you, if, if you don't tell a lie, that's not what made you holy. What made you holy is what Christ did. You don't tell a lie because you have a nature that doesn't tell a lie. You're already holy. That's why you don't tell a lie. If Christ didn't change you, give you a new nature, you, you can't do the good works. The good works you are doing now is because of the new, new nature he gave you. So he said, the spirit made you holy. What verse is that? Eh? Verse 2. God the Father knew you, chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed now him. I have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. So we need more and more grace, not less and less. Every day, Paul said, I am what I am by what? Grace of God. He said, he gave you more and more grace. And all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus 
from the day. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for us, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting what? Remember, you are preserved in Christ. Through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this, what? Salvation. We're talking about this when Christ comes. He gives us this old nature, this flesh thing we want, go away. And he'll give us a new nature which does not respond to sin. That's what is called that final salvation. We have been saved now, but that is what he's talking about that he gives us is this, the body that Christ promised us. Paul said we grow now because this body is not, we want to be holy, we want to do, but this body is fighting us. He said when Christ comes, this corruptible will what? And we put on incorruptible. By that time, sin, no, not comes pure spirit beings. I will see him like he is. Praise the Lord. Excited, right? My time is up. Oh, I still, my time is up. I'll stop here. Did you get something? Are you enjoying this? Yeah. Can I hear amen? Yeah. Let me pray. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you for pointing us again to our salvation. It's not just that we are saved and we didn't save ourselves. You did that. But that we're also preserved. You are reminding us that salvation is not one certain. That we go and say to somebody, come and be saved. And then after that, mm, we forget it. No. It's this salvation that walks throughout our life. Until we see you face to face. You are still actively protecting us. For we are kept by the power of God. You are still actively leading us, for we are led by your spirit. You are still actively walking in us, for you are the one that walks in us to will and to do your good pleasure. You are the one still actively helping us, for apart from you, we can do nothing. This salvation, we cannot neglect it. If we neglect it, we neglect you, neglect your work, neglect your guidance, neglect your power, neglect your life. How can we escape? Do we have anything to keep us in this evil world except you? Father, thank you for pointing us back to this great salvation, which our Lord began to preach, confirmed to us by those who had it. Help us to take it seriously, not to reject it, but to really give our attention to this thing that you are pointing us to us. So that our profiting will be seen by all. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.